Hello, this is Elodie Reed, digital producer for Vermont Public Radio. This podcast has been edited for brevity and clarity. Yay! This is Vermont Edition. I'm Bob Kinzel. Well, this has been a wild and unpredictable summer for many components of Vermont's home construction and remodeling industry because there's so much pent-up demand for these projects as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. At the same time, the price of many key materials have risen by more than 400 percent, causing some people to rethink their decision to build a new home or have an important construction project undertaken this summer. There's also a shortage of qualified workers as the demand for projects goes through the roof, and more homeowners are wondering if they have the skills to undertake their own projects. Well, where are we headed in the coming months? Is this a one-time occurrence, or will these issues be with us for the foreseeable future? These are some of the questions we have for our guest today, two people who have a lot of expertise and experience in this field, Jim Bradley and Chris West. Jim and Chris, welcome to Vermont Edition. It is great to have you here. Thank you very much. It's great to be here as well. Thank you. I want to mention that Jim and Chris are building professionals with decades of experience. They have both served as the president of the Vermont Home Builders and Remodelers Association and are current members of that organization. Jim is a longtime member of Efficiency Efficiency Vermont's Energy Excellence Program. We do want to mention that Efficiency Vermont is an underwriter here at VPR. And Chris is a founder of the Vermont Passive House Association. Together, they host a program called House Calls Vermont, which answers questions about home building projects. That program is currently available on YouTube and will be back on WDEV in Waterbury in the fall. Let me start off by asking both of you. Let me start with Jim. You know, we have these reports that things are pretty crazy in the home construction industry this summer. Just how crazy is it, Jim? Well, the thing for me, after doing this for decades, that I've had to shift gears with and plan differently as a project manager, um, as well for some of these these new jobs with Hayward Design Build, we have had to, instead of just getting the materials on an as-needed basis, we had to look and forecast way into the future where where kitchens used to be three to four weeks out. Some of them are 17 weeks out now. And so that whole sequencing of events has changed things from management side with all your subcontractors, making sure they're, you know, on board and ready to get their work done in the right time. So it's thrown our scheduling off in a big way. So there was a a, a big building out in Grand Isle that we uh, contracted with recently. I bought the whole thing in advance. Every bit of the materials, the windows to the roof, to the nails, whatever, we bought ahead of time and shipped at the site to protect the cost and the expense of the homeowner. But also at the same time, we had to make sure that we had the materials available to get the work done. So that's been a big shift um, from you know decades past where we could count on things and, and make sure that things were available and cost effective at the same time. So Jim, does it happen sometimes, you mentioned you were previously able to get materials on a as needed basis and now you have to wait weeks, if not months, before you can obtain these materials. At the same time, do you find out that when you do get the materials, uh uh-oh, they've risen in price by 20 percent? 
Oh, 20% would be a modest increase compared to what we're actually experiencing on most levels. Um, to give you an example, o oriented strand board, or people call it OSB, um, sheathing on a house, uh, about a year and a half ago, we were paying right around $9 plus per sheet for a four by eight sheet. The other day when I was going over to Rice Lumber, it was $64 and 30 cents a sheet. That increase is, is dramatic and, and it's really not justifiable at the same time. And so then to go ahead and translate that back to the homeowner and say, listen, there are some cost increases that you have to absorb. Um, that's a difficult conversation to say the least. Let's just review that price increase. I want to make sure that I wrote it down correctly. What once cost $7 for a sheet is now 64 No, $9. $9 and change has, has jumped okay. up to $64. Yes, exactly. And even and two by fours. Two by fours, you used to be able to get somewhere between $1.75 to $2.50 each. They jumped at the height of all this. They were up close to $10 a piece for, for, for an eight-foot-long two-by-four. That's just... That puts a lot of things out of reach. For a single-family home, the National Association of Home Builders has forecasted when this all first started that there was a modest, modest price increase, but now we're seeing 50000 to 70000 and more dollars increase in the, in the project cost due to materials alone on a single-family home. That's a significant jump percentage-wise. That's huge. Chris, what's, how do you view what's happening this summer? Well, I... Uh... Unfortunately, watching watching this happen uh, is, is concerning because people, as Jim just said, are going ahead with projects to build houses that are pretty much underwater from the day they're built. These are these are houses that are being priced at the expense uh, and cost of the materials. And when those materials go back down to a more reasonable level, we're going to have houses that are, are uh, were paid for at, at a, a, a level that's not equal to the valuation at a normal price. So we're, worried, we're really worried about that. And it's also creating a, a big bubble here, as, as everybody's probably pretty aware. And we've already had a problem making sure that we have affordable housing for all Vermonters. And there's a lot of money coming in from places outside of the state, which I'm not against. I'm all for um, people coming to Vermont and having second homes or first homes. But we also have to be really cognizant of, of the effect this has for for all the people who do a lot of the real work on the ground and how that's affecting their ability to, to buy houses or to, to pay for their housing without it being a huge burden. Chris, I hadn't thought of the possibility. Let's say someone's going to build a house for $300,000 and the cost of materials are going to drive that house up to three fifty dollars or three sixty, dollars And at some point, the cost of the materials presumably will go back down. And so the house is not valued at what it was when it was built. Uh, that's got to put a lot of people in a difficult situation and make some banks pretty uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yeah, I actually uh, had an appraiser here the other day um, as I'm refinancing my house in order to get some value out to, to build some solar panels. Um, and, uh, and she was very much concerned about the exact same thing. She said, your house is going to uh, be uh, appraised at what the market is right now, and this market is inflated. So, um, and this is not just a Vermont issue, obviously. This is a nationwide issue. But places like uh, Vermont and other states that are fortunate enough to be desirable locations for people to move to um, are seeing uh, this type of bubble. We have, like you said in the beginning, Bob, we've got the builders booked out till, till the spring of 2022 right now. Um, and even renovators are, are booked out well into the, 
the uh, the end of this year, if not early next year. And that's because people are the demand is so high. And so it's 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 very um, uh, out of whack. And, and I don't know how this is going to rebalance when we get back to more reasonable uh, prices. That's a, a very good question. You know, I just had a personal story with a contractor who's done a fair amount of work on my house. I happened to bump into him on the street in Montpelier at the very beginning of April and said, I know you're probably busy, uh, but I have a small project that I hope you'll be able to work on. And he said, sure, no problem. We can do it in the summer. I said, really, the summer? He said, yeah, the summer of 2022. Uh <laughs> Yeah, he was just flat out, and uh, I'm sure that's an experience many other people have. Today on the program, we're looking at this crazy summer for Vermont's home construction and remodeling industry. Wondering what your experience has been? We've been talking about folks who wanted to have a project, and then the materials go up, or they get delayed, and it's wrecking havoc with everybody's schedule. What's your experience been? 1-800-639-2211. 1-800-639-2211. Perhaps you're considering some do-it-yourself projects and you need some advice. We've got two people to help you, Jim Bradley and Chris West. Give us a call at 1-800-639-2211. Let's start with Susan, who's calling from Dover. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. What's on your mind okay. today? Okay, sorry. Uh, we're planning on building a modular in 2022. Um, they're having problems giving us prices. Um, do you foresee prices going up, down, staying where they are? Uh, your opinion, well, please. That's a yep, very um, one thing, Susan, and uh, thank you for the call. The um, What we're seeing right now with, with some of this pricing is that it hit a high for, okay, the way that they measure the, uh, the the commodities of lumber in the industry is a thousand board feet. That's the unit they measure. And last April um, of 2020, you were around $340 per thousand board feet. It jumped up this summer to uh, right at $1,700 a board foot, a thousand board feet. Um, and now it's come down as of today, back down to $842.30 per thousand board feet. So there's some bit of relief. But still, you're over two and a half times just for dimensional lumber um, to build the house with. That is, is really still inflated. Sheeting goods, though, they haven't come back down in that same level. And so things are really expensive there. The long-term forecast that we're seeing right now is that they are, are banking on the fact that it's going to definitely be pent-up demand still, shortage of materials, higher prices, still into 2023 and 2024. They're going to be lower than at the peak from what we understand, but they're still going to be much higher than what you traditionally would experience. Um, in buying a modular home, I'm going to just say this, definitely make sure the provider of that home understands proper building science, the energy code, and what you really need to make that house work in Vermont. I'm just going to say that we have experience in that direction, and that's really important as well. Susan, thanks very much for your phone call. I'm sure that is a question that is on a lot of people's minds. Where are these prices going? What do I do? Do I wait for a year? Jim, we were talking earlier about the difficult conversation between a contractor and a customer 
um, you know, they might agree early on, I'm going to be doing a new uh, renovate a bathroom. The cost of that bathroom is going to be $30,000. And lo and behold, we find out because of the cost of materials, et cetera, not only is the project going to be delayed by three months, it's going to be increasing in price to $40,000. That has to be a tough conversation for the contractor to have with the customer and for the customer to then say, gee, is, is, can I afford this? Oh, oh, certainly. You know, this, you know, we're not in this for a hobby. You know, and Chris and I are both passionate about getting it right and avoiding bad things from happening in the building industry. But when you, when you get into that situation where you educated your customer on the whole process, I mean, you don't want to just sell, you know, a, a widget to a customer. You want them to understand the process. You want to understand what they're purchasing and understand the current market situation communicate early and often with them what you see coming not to be a doom and gloom person but to let them be apprised of what you're experiencing so they're not shocked at the end i mean if you get the final bill and it doubles in cost which it wouldn't but i'm just saying as an example that would be the worst way to handle this as a contractor though you need to to, to protect yourself up front and your your the interest of your your, your uh, client by having certain mechanisms in your contract that allow for these cost increases to be handled appropriately. So when you do experience those, you're able to say, this is what we were talking about, this is what we were experiencing, and now we have to, to exercise that part of the agreement so that the costs are covered. Because a lot of the contractors in this timeline, fearful, are gonna go out of business because they haven't protected themselves. And some of these projects may be left lingering near the end where they can't get finished because the finances have dried up. That's really where we are in a lot of these situations. Not all, but it, it's definitely being experienced. Wow, that's got to be tough. Let's go back to our listeners and talk to John, who is calling from his car. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Hey, Bob. So uh, I guess the question I have is kind of a lot like what Susan was just asking. You know, we sold a house in Rhode Island, another place that people like to, to live, and did pretty well with it, and thought we were going to come up here and have the whole HGTV reveal fantasy at the end of having our project done, and we are just kind of chipping away at it. And we're holding off on things like a roof. Uh, we got a boiler done, which is great. But with this supply and demand issue, when do you know when to start planning again, right? Like, we're going to hold off till next summer, but so is everybody else. So if the demand stays high, is that going to keep these prices high for the long term? Or am, I, am I looking at 2023, 2024? John, that's a great question. Chris, what do you think? What should John do? Yeah, uh, John, I feel for you. We, we're we're uh, we're energy auditors, among other things, and we're in a lot of houses. And people are like, I want to fix up the house that I bought. Um, get me in touch with somebody who can do it. And uh, to start with, uh, we want to make sure we put people in touch with with contractors that are going to do a good job. Uh, that's another conversation altogether about the state and the lack of a contractor registry. But um, we don't know what's going to happen right now with the pandemic. Things are looking better uh, in the United States, but things are looking pretty horrible in other parts of the world. And, and it could, I'd love to, to say, um, yes, uh, John, if you wait until 2024, just deal with the, the problems that your house has until then, and then things will be better. I, I wish I could say that, that with, with clarity and certainty, but I, I don't feel I can. Um, I would say 
that if you're doing a retrofits to your house uh, and uh, you, you've hired a contractor, my first question is, have you had an energy audit or an assessment done by a building science person so that the, the work that's being done on the house will be done correctly and that whatever's done will not create problems in your house, which is something that Jim and I see in the field all the time. So, so I'd start there. But secondly, about actually getting the work done uh, we don't have a crystal ball. I would personally, I'm doing a project right now and I have the, the latitude to wait. I'm going to wait three or four months and just see what happens with prices before I move forward. Because it's not just lumber that's been affected. Shingles are expensive. Um, uh, the, the various paints are expensive. All kinds of things that, that we would normally see that are, are part of the pipeline uh, that Jim was talking about are all being affected by, by changes in our economy due to COVID. It's not just the lumber. So personally, when someone comes up to me and says, should I move forward with this project? Well, if you have a critical uh, component that you have to fix, then yes, absolutely get that done. But if you can wait a little while to see what's happening with prices, you'd probably be better off. John, thanks for your phone call. You know, Chris, Chris, you mentioned, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add something, you know, that the analogy came to mind early on in this whole situation when there just seemed to be once some of the restrictions were being um, basically backed off on and people were able to do more, um, you found that people, the demand kept going up and up and up. And I just saw this, this picture of this out of control train barreling down the tracks. And that was our market and the consumer in a car next to it, trying to outrun it and, and get in front of it. And it's like, if the best way to handle that is not to try to outrun this out of control train, but take your foot off the gas, wait a bit, let the market relax. So you're not caught up in this buying frenzy and you get yourself into a new home that's upside down. I mean, there's plenty of work out there. there you know, the whole, the whole supply chain is stressed right now. The availability of work. Is in uh, well, well, important I, to be I able to do. If, if, oh, there he is. Yeah, you're back. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying if, if they could do that and just take the foot off the gas a bit and allow things to relax and not get caught up in the frenzy, you know, stay calm, everything will work out. And I would say to John, it, stay engaged with your contractor of choice. Make sure you can get things on, you know, on a schedule and see how you can make things fit. It may not be immediate and everything sequentially, you know, um, on a perfect schedule gets taken care of, but you can still get things done if, if you walk this through appropriately. Jim, I absolutely love that analogy of the uh, train racing down the track out of control and somebody in the car next to it trying to outrun the train. That really just symbolizes everything that's going on this summer in the home construction industry. That is a great one. Chris, I, you touched on something that I think is really important. You mentioned uh, energy efficiency audits uh, in our last segment. I have to say, uh, that might have been one of the smartest things I think I've ever done was to have an audit done of an old farmhouse that I live in. And uh, because the results of that test and that audit were leading me in directions for investing money that I never would have thought of in terms of, well, your payback here might be 12 months, it might be three years. But if you put your money here, you know, it's going to take you 15 years to get that money back. And that might not be the place you want to put it. And and so for Chris, uh, a lot of people, this is really important information. Yeah, well, um, we more importantly, and I, I, under, I understand people looking at, at payback, 
Uh, one of the things that Jim and I are always harping on is uh, what's the payback on, on good indoor air quality? What's the, the, the payback on, on health and safety? What's the payback on, on making sure that you're, you're building uh, anything that you're doing to it won't, won't make it rot and, and not be valuable? So um, when we talk to people uh, who are, are asking us advice, they sometimes say uh, something, uh, my roof is doing this. Uh, can you tell me what to do? And, and, and we can. But in general, the, the great thing about an energy, an energy audit, and especially one that, that goes through the Efficiency Vermont and uh, Energy Excellence Network, uh, is that those people are all, all trained uh, through the, the Building uh, Performance uh, um, Institute, the BPI. And so when you have an energy audit done in your house, they're not just going to be asking you where you're uncomfortable, uh, which is an important question. You know, in the winter, where is it cold? Because that can point us in the direction of, of a possible issue, but we're also looking at, you know, how is your building uh, surviving? How's it doing with durability? Or is there mold in your attic because it's not venting right? Um, did somebody do some work that they didn't know what they were doing and caused an issue? Uh, one of our mantras in the building science um, industry is that the house is a system and we have to look at the house as a system. You can do something on one part of your house that you don't think will affect another part of the house, but it actually does just because of how buildings work. The building sciences has proven that. So it is, it is important and we do talk about um, payback and we do talk about low hanging fruit, um, like air sealing is a, is a no brainer uh, because uh, reducing the air leakage of a house uh, reduces the amount of energy it costs to heat a house. Um, but not everything that we that we recommend is directly uh, related to a payback, unless unless we start putting numbers on something like like indoor air quality and health and and durability. But I'm glad that you got that done, uh, Bob. And and I'm now I'm curious now. I want to know more about your house, but we can talk about that off the air. <laughs> Let's go back to our callers and talk to Zach, who's calling from Berlin. Hey, Zach, welcome to the program. Hi, Bob. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Um, I just finished a uh, do-it-yourself remodel. Um, I added a, a nursery and a landing upstairs, and um, I had to move a door, which meant redoing the whole bathroom. Um, and I just, I had a couple, you know, for anybody that's thinking about doing that, I, I would consider myself pretty handy, but uh, had had never framed a wall before. Uh, you know, never done tiling to that extent. Um, and there's just so many resources available on YouTube to help you guide through, guide you through every step. Uh, and I found, you know, when I did have to uh, subcontract out work or, you know, call a plumber in, uh, even if I couldn't do the work, at least having a sense of what needed to be done uh, was really helpful in those conversations. It saved everybody time and money. And, and at least my experience, I would, um, be interested to hear what uh, your guests have to say. My experience was that uh, the plumbers, electrician I worked with, were much happier to come in and do work that was ready for them to do rather than to have to, you know, cut into subfloors and, you know, do all the stuff where if you had everything ready for them, uh, it seemed much easier to get somebody to show up and, and do the work and get in and out. Zach, let's see if we can get some well, answers certainly. for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, certainly, Zach. Um, it's, it's, that's the whole sequencing thing that I was talking about is, you know, proper planning so that you, you know when each trade needs to be in there. And, and you as a consumer, it's great to have a better education and for that hands-on understanding of what it takes. One, so you can help guide the project 
and and also so that you're aware of what's coming and you can make them aware of what your intentions are. So that whole line of communication is is crucial. When that breaks down, the project doesn't go well. I mean, because if you get the, the plumber in there well before their time of needing to be there or you ask for insulation, but the plumbing and electrical is not done or whatever comes into place, that really upsets the subcontractor because their time is very precious right now. So yes, having a well-sequenced uh, plan and project management is crucial for building projects, whether it's a DIY situation or it's going to be a full house build, you know, something like that. Just, just always keep that in mind. Yeah. And I'd like to just jump in and say, uh, we live in a, a really difficult climate to build a durable building. in. Um, Vermont is climate zone six. We get temperatures down to minus 26 at times, sometimes more lower. Um, it's a moist environment. Um, and if you're um, dealing with a, a uh, installing a new bathroom or renovating a bathroom, uh, one of the things about a bathroom is it's a very moist place. And that moisture can get trapped inside of your wall if you don't know how to build that wall right, which can cause durability issues with the building, but also health and safety issues by, the, in, in, you know, by creating mold. So uh, you're, you're doing a bathroom, the bathroom has an, a wall on the exterior of the house. How do you properly make sure that that wall is protected so that it won't become an issue? How do you make sure that you have enough uh, ventilation from that room to make sure that the, 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 the relative humidity in that room does not stay high enough to cause issues? It sounds like you're just putting a bath in. It sounds like you're just putting a toilet in. But in the end, you're creating a, a very moist room and that room needs to be properly looked at to make sure that you're not creating an issue. And we, we do uh, audits all the time where, um, you know, if you open up the wall in the bathroom, an exterior wall, uh, you can find things that you wouldn't, wouldn't want to, to be finding. And uh, so that's, what, that's when we go back to what Bob was saying about energy audits. Now, you don't, certainly need, don't need an audit if you're just gonna do a bathroom. But it wouldn't be a bad idea to talk to someone if you happen to open up that wall and find mold or other types of things in there that, that and to say, well, why did that happen? This is just a bathroom. Then you talk to someone like Jim or I and we can tell you why that happened and how to prevent that in the future. And Chris, as you were saying, everything is kind of interconnected. We may, in our minds as consumers, be thinking, well, I'm just looking at this project and I'm just rebuilding this closet or I'm doing this or doing that. But as you've said several times, this all has an impact on stuff around it. Yeah, well, it can. It doesn't necessarily. I mean, if the closet is just in the middle of the house and there's no way that it can affect how the building operates with air coming in from the outside or out, then no, but if it's an outside wall closet and there's something going on, you know, infiltration is going crazy through there or or some other thing, it can affect how how the rest of the house operates. Oddly enough, yeah. And if I could, Bob, our, real yeah. quick, sure. If I could add to that, this is you just basically pitched the easy softball to hit it out of the park with, Bob, because you have <laughs> to look at the house and what you're doing there is not just. Um, the house as a measure so if you just want to have one measure sold to a client and you ignore the whole house as a system then you're not doing your your professional work appropriately you have to look at the the, the building as a whole so whether you're putting a bathroom in like chris said what is that going to do to moisture levels you're making penetrations for electrical lines plumbing lines and things like that or sometimes some strange framing that has to happen and you see finished sheetrock in front of you but behind the scenes you've created these chaseways where air can leak up and through the house from the basement to the attic and it changes the whole 
operation of the building. So you have to look at the house as a system, as an integrated package when you're doing these measures so that you don't make a simple mistake that becomes catastrophic on the other side. Very good advice. Let's go back to our callers and talk to Jack in Montpelier. Hey, Jack, welcome to the program. Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a remodeling contractor, work mostly in the Montpelier area. And I, I guess I kind of want to put in a plug. I've had a couple projects this spring where I was able to use uh, lumber from local mills. Uh, it, it's green lumber. They, they can dry it for you if you want to, but their prices have stayed static throughout the pandemic. And it has really helped me offset the insane costs of conventional lumber that everybody's paying right now. And, you know, these mills are busy just like anybody else. But if you know what you need and you can give them enough lead time, they, they'll get you the material and you'll save a pile of money by buying local and keeping the money in the area, too, you know. 100% Jack, that's big a great fan comment. Of local uh, mills. 100% big fan of, of that. It cuts down on all kinds of issues. And in this type of moment. Uh, going to your local mill and, and looking for whether they have kiln dried or not. It, I, I think that's a great point. Thank you, Jack, for, for making that point. Let's turn to Gretchen, who's calling from St. Johnsbury. Hi, Gretchen. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Hello. Um, I'm calling, and my question is, is this a good time to switch careers? I'm older, would love to get into a building trade. So even for young people, um, is this a good time to go into the field? Perfect segue. Oh, gosh, 100%. 100%. I mean, and the thing is, you've got to look at the building trades. What, what the, the unfortunate image, which is taught even in our school systems right now for younger people coming up into the workforce, is that, oh, you've got to go to college, you got to get this, and you don't want to just swing a hammer. Oh, my gosh, the complexity and the science involved and doing the building right to make sure you have resource preservation with respect to building materials, that you're putting this assembly together correctly. You have to have continuing education training. You know, you're always going to go into that education side. And the money that's involved now that you can hire somebody for, I doubt you're going to find even a labor starting in the career field right now at, at $20 an hour or less. It's going to be, usually we're seeing higher prices right now. So getting involved now with the demand that's there and understanding the building science and the building trade itself, like Sion down in Brattleboro or uh, Bennington, I believe, um, they, with Guy Payne, they run a program that trains the building science and the swinging of the hammer side of the building industry. And getting involved in that direction, you'll be a very successful in-demand person if you're passionate about getting it right. So I would say yes, even somebody's transitioning from, let's say, out of the military or the, uh, women in Vermont workforce or, um, you know, new Americans that are coming to our shores. Um, you know, those people definitely have a great stellar opportunity to step into this trade, to understand it appropriately, and to know it's, it's going to take a lot better understanding of, of how the building works as a system, but it's going to be a great career path as well. And Chris, there's uh, certainly an opportunity. Uh, isn't the Building Association working on uh, development and apprenticeship just for this reason? Exactly. One, one of the, uh, the classic long-term problems of our state is workforce development. Uh, we have uh, a huge need of, of people in a lot of professions, not, not the least of which uh, the weatherization uh, with uh, 
our, our uh, the bill S109 that that was going through the the state's house this this year, trying to increase the number of weatherization projects done to try to um, fulfill our promises with the comprehensive energy plan, which the state uh, in, enabled in uh, 2011. But we, I mean, if we're looking at a, a, a situation where we have builders who are booked out until the summer of 2022, that shows that there's opportunity here. Um, what we do need to make sure, and Jim did say it, I'll say it again, is if we're getting people into this industry, we have to make sure that they understand the, the basics of building science so that they don't make houses that are not going to be durable into the future. But we are working on a program, the, the Vermont uh, Home Builders Vermont Association is uh, throwing out a call to all builders in the state. We're going to have, um, we're developing an apprenticeship and workforce development program. We're having a meeting on the 15th of July and that meeting is going to be a Zoom meeting so that we can get people from all over the state. And we wanna hear from uh, BBRE members and non-members because we need to know what we can do to make sure, because we have three parts in a, in a training program. You need to get the people who wanna be in the training program. We need to have the training program and, need to, and then we need to have places where these people can get jobs afterwards. And so this meeting that we're having on July 15th is the third part is trying to find out who uh, I hear it all the time from builders. Jim's hear it all the time from builders. Bob, you may be hearing it from friends who are builders. There's never enough people coming into the industry. The average construction worker in Vermont is my age. They're in their late mid to late fifties. And we really have to start getting younger people or not necessarily younger people, just more people into the industry. So if you're uh, own a, a construction company, please go to uh, homebuildersvt.com. Look on our calendar. We have an event coming up on the 15th. If you can attend, it's a Zoom meeting, 4.30 on a Thursday. We made it after work hours. So we hopefully we'll get a lot of people in because we want to hear what your experience is. We want to find out, do you have workers that you want to train and, and get their skills increased? Uh, what's your apprenticeship program like? Are you having problems finding uh, qualified entry-level people and how we can create a program uh, for the state that will help us uh, in the long term deal with this uh, this chronic shortage of people in not only this industry, but specifically the construction industry. This is Vermont Edition. I'm Bob Kinzel. Today in the program, a great look at what's happening in the home construction and remodeling industry this summer. Prices for materials through the roof, many delays, a lot of people thinking, what should I do? Give us a call at 1-800-639-2211. We've got two building professionals who have decades of experience, Jim Bradley and Chris West. Ready to answer your questions, 1-800-639-2211. Let's talk to Betty, who's calling from Brattleboro. Hi, Betty. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Um, I, my house was built in 1951, and it's a small home, a 1,000 square feet. Um, but I want to update. Uh, uh, I have a lot of electrical work to do. I want to do all new ceiling lighting in my kitchen, 
in my bathroom and outdoor lighting. Um, I heard you say a little while ago that um, it might um, that prices are up on everything, not just lumber. So uh, would that also include um, electrical fixtures? And would I be better off to hold off for a year or two, um, uh, or yeah, or or pursue it now? The um, the thing, uh, Betty, that, that I would be uh, would advise you on is the fact that copper itself, you know, that, that you use for the wiring, is in definitely high demand and in short supply at the same time. And the fixtures, I'm not as worried about as much going up in price as the actual infrastructure that. It's, is required to actually get the, the whole circuit working. So I would say, even if this thing slows down and prices go back to a little bit more normal, copper was already, before everything happened, was going up and up and up. You know, it's definitely accelerating now, but it, that might be one of those things where you say, okay, let me get at least the pricing set up. Um, let, me, let me see what this is going to cost me now, see if it's affordable, because that's where I'm going to be concerned in the long run for you, because the copper mines, they're not filling back up again with more resources. They're, they're, it's a finite supply. On the other side of things, if you're going to have a, a lot of electrical work done, that probably means more penetrations put into the building envelope to run the wiring. And that's when you want to make sure that you're getting the, the, the house tightened up. And if you haven't had a home performance assessment or energy audit, that's a great time to do that, to make sure that you're getting it all taken care of at the same time and you're not putting more holes that are going to cause leaks in your building envelope and it'll cost you more money and, and to try to keep the home. And I would just jump in and say, when you say 1951, the first word that comes to my mind is vermiculite. So I would certainly make sure that uh, before people start knocking around in your attic or in your walls to make sure that, you're, that you uh, have an audit done, they will find vermiculite. And if there is vermiculite, that's something that cannot be disturbed because some, a lot of vermiculite has asbestos mixed through it. So that's that's a health and safety issue. Definitely want to know Agreed. about that. Yeah, Betty, thanks for your phone call. Let's turn to Mary, who's calling from Montpelier. Hey, Mary, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have a problem in, in our house. We have a it's a very musty smell all the time, um, and I'm trying to figure out what kind of an expert I need to consult. But I will preface this by saying that. I already had a mold inspection, and they found nothing. Um, the smell seems, we noticed that if we shut off the heat registers in the living room, we don't smell it. And then when we open the register, the smell, the exact smell comes out of the registers. The basement was finished off with paneling a number of years ago, and it has those galvanized steel, um, you know, vents that bring the heat from the furnace up. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out who, how do I even... Who do I call? How do I figure this problem out? Jim, I'll, I'll take this one if you don't mind. So first of okay. all, I'd, I'd like to <laughs> let everyone know that on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 8.30 on our YouTube channel, we take phone calls just like this. So if you're listening and you can't get through, if you go to House Calls Vermont on the YouTube channel from 7 to 8.30 on Tuesday evenings, uh, we, we take phone calls there uh, and answer exactly this type of question. Um, and, and specifically to say, to speak to your question, Mary, there are so many things that could be going on there. Um, this is an energy audit. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it because you're saying energy audit. Why would energy? But that's not what we do. Um, our main job is to go in and to find out 
um, where, where the house is at any particular moment and to deal with your concerns. And if your concerns are a moldy feeling, fears of mold in the basement, um, you know, when you open the registers, you're smelling it through your forced hot air system, that could be return air coming out of the basement smelling musty. Um, but uh, an energy auditor is uh, trained to find out where those problems are and to figure out what's wrong and to give you solutions to that. So I'd love to give you uh, a, a, de a determinate uh, answer, but without eyes on your particular situation, all I can say is you need someone like me to come in and, and tell you. But that's something you can find through an Efficiency Vermont Excellent, uh, Energy Excellence Network person. We're trained specifically to find those types of things and to give you good re resolutions. And Chris, to your point about, you know, an energy audit and why people might think, well, why do I need that? We look at this as a home performance assessment. Yeah. And every time somebody's called me, especially when fuel prices are high or it gets colder, they'll say, I want to save money on my energy bills. I'll stop right there and say, listen, we first have to get a few other things right. We have to make sure we're addressing health and safety and building durability for any changes that we're going to make. And if you get those two right, energy efficiency is going to be in the backseat along for the ride. So approach it correctly. Get the fundamentals right that you're not going to tighten up the house and then change your indoor air quality and cause problems or create a mold situation. You're not going to be creating a mold situation to affect their building durability. You're going to get it all right as a comprehensive package. It doesn't mean you have to make the project bigger. You just don't overlook some of the fundamentals that could be covered up in the process of trying to address one measure. Yeah. And if Jim and I were to walk into your house within a half hour, we'd know what was wrong. Mary, it sounds like you've got some excellent advice to uh, take a look at the issue that you've got there. Let's talk to Matt, who's calling from Lake Bomazine. Hey, Matt, welcome to the program. Hi. Great show today, guys. I'm really, really enjoying this. I've worked as a contractor for, for 20 years in uh, Rutland County, and I also work in New York. Um, one thing I'd like everyone to hear today, and you guys have touched on it a little bit, I've always been very disappointed in Vermont with a lack of any sort of inspections. Um, you know, it really is buyer beware. And uh, people, you know, we all want to save money and not overpay, but it tends to be a trap I've seen over and over and over again in Vermont where people hire someone because they were promised a good price only to have just problems or pay a higher price in the end. And then with that said, you know, I, I would love to see uh, inspections. New York does home inspections. That protects the homeowner, protects the contractor. And it also, it allows a, a homeowner to do their own work. You can do electrical work in New York, but you've got to have it inspected and, and you've got to do a, a quality job. Um, so it allows the homeowner, it allows someone to save some money and, uh, and still be proud of what they do and, and learn something along the way. So uh, great show today, and I just wanted that out there. Thanks a lot. Hey. Yeah, and if I may comment on that really quickly, that is such a, a passionate thing for Chris and myself because we get to do the forensics on the other side. Not that that's a gleeful thing, but it's actually such a, so many times an anguishing thing for us because we have to sit across the table from the homeowner and explain to them where the work was done inappropriately by a contractor, by a neighbor, by a relative, and or a previous owner. And now where their building is failing and what needs to be done to correct it. And if simple inspections or verifications, you know, call it what you will, if some checks and balances were in place in the state of Vermont, we would be able to head off so many more of these problem situations. And that has to start somewhere. You know, I, I say the contractor registry is a big part of that because we don't even know in the state of Vermont who the contractors are. We can see trucks driving around with 
so-and-so construction on the side. But as a whole, especially during this whole COVID situation, we wanted to get all the financial information out there, the work restrictions, when we could go back to work, all that bit of information out there to everybody. But we couldn't, we couldn't because we can't communicate with every contractor. And if we had a contractor registry, such as represented in Bill one H-157, um, then we had a way to at least know who the contractors are. And then that the whole level of consumer protection that Vermont tends to champion is falling way short when it comes to a lack of accountability. And if the system is putting together is being put together and your contractor may be doing the, the same thing with 20 to 30 years of experience, but they're doing the incorrect thing when it comes to building science, they're creating that problem over and over again. So you want to make sure that everybody's protected, the, the, the contractor, the client, and that you're building a, a structure that's going to be durable, not just for 10, 20, 30 years, but for over the 100 year mark. And that's that's crucial. So we, we definitely that H-157, it did pass the, the, the House. It was making its way through the Senate. They did uh, uh, just recently um, approve to have it go forward with a few amendments. And so back when it comes to January, H-157 for contractor registry is going to be taken up again to hopefully make a few more, more changes that will be acceptable to both sides of the aisle and to the governor as well for, for passage. Because we have to start somewhere. And even hitting the climate change reduction goals that we have, we really can't get there if we don't have a, the properly educated workforce and we can't make sure that those educational opportunities are coming to our contracting industry if we don't know who they are. And that's why this is a crucial next step. Yeah, and, and I, I, need, I, I hate to jump in there, but um, Matt, you, you said, that, very good, thank you so much for calling and saying this, um, but you said uh, a, a home inspection. I just want to clarify for people, uh, I don't think Matt went a home inspection like what you get when you buy a house. That, that home inspection, that when you call up, that's really not for you. That's really for the bank. Um, when someone comes in and does a home inspection uh, before you buy a house, that, that's not what we're talking about here. What, what I think Matt is re relating to is once work has been done on a house, that there's someone who comes in and does quality assurance checking on that work. A home inspection is something completely different. I just wanted to disambiguate those. And Jeremy, we want to mention with the registry, uh, it's basically a place where contractors go and register with the state for a certain fee. It does not necessarily have uh, licensure that we might see with electricians or plumbers. It's mostly just a registration site. Is that correct? That is correct. And what it does is it levels the playing field at the same time because, you know, you, you might be a contractor out there that continues to lose jobs, um, you know, historically because your prices might be higher than somebody else's, but you've done the proper work to educate yourself and to have proper, proper business protocols in place. And others may not. And so they may get the job and then that doesn't help anything. But with the contractor registry, you go to the state's website, you register, it's $37.50 a year for individual uh, contractors and $125 a year for, uh, for companies. And that's paid every two years. And then it makes sure that you have proper insurance in place. You use a proper contract and that you're doing business appropriately in the state of Vermont, but that also gives an opportunity for you to be contacted to allow you to know where the educational opportunities are out there to get better trained and to, to make sure you've elevated your game as a contractor and you're doing the right thing. And we're almost out of time, Jim, but there were some concerns about this bill that it was a little bit of an overreach by state government. What do you say to that? I, after, like I said, after sitting in front of so many clients where the wrong thing was done, not necessarily by bad contractors, by fraud, you know, that those things actually exist, but by contractors who were wanting to do the right thing 
and they miss the opportunity of getting the building science correct and understanding that the building materials we're using today are engineered products and they're not the same that were used in the old farmhouse that's still out there standing in the field. It's, it's, it, they're less durable when it comes to moisture and vapor management. And if you don't get those fundamentals right, what you did 30, 40 years ago is going to fail today. So having that opportunity to understand that is great, but I know people want to push back and say mm -hmm. this is onerous and an overreach. I would, I would disagree. You, you, you've got to, we can't be unregulated in this field. It's too important. It's part of our infrastructure and we need to preserve it. And we're going to have to end it right there. Jim Bradley, Chris West, many thanks for being on the program today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. Us. Thank you for having us.